Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And um, I'd like to start out by saying how in the heck are all of you out there? I surely hope that you are all in great spirits, looking forward to having a nice uh, week, to having a wonderful life filled with love and laughter and prosperity, because that's what I'm looking for. I am doing just great, listeners, looking so forward to embarking on a new leg of my journey and also looking forward to all of the learned experiences, great opportunities, interesting people, and, uh, you know, everything along the way that that will be beneficial to me. Now, remember, listeners, I said that in Arizona, the valley is referred to as the Valley of the Sun. And I told you a while ago that we are, um, you know, going to have to rescind that title because of global warming. We are experiencing more and more gloomy days and it will be, you know, like it could be gloomy all day, you know, like this dark, dark, dark gray gloom, you know, and I'm for me, it's like, yuck. I really like it when the sun is out a lot. And, you know, I don't mind some gloomy days, but I mean, when the gloom hits here, it hits. So like today is going to be 57 high and the low of 36. And, and, you know, so we're getting a lot of rain lately too, which, you know, is good listeners. So I'm not complaining there because all of our reservoirs are low, including the Colorado River. So the rain is a welcome thing, but just saying that we have, you know, been getting a lot, you know, of rain lately. So now that the Super Bowl is over and done with, and by the way, did you guys enjoy the game? You know, we looked at it and I thought it was different and not as enjoyable mm, as past Super Bowl games. Now, you know, I'm just saying, you know, so that's my cent, my two cents and I'm done with that. So now having said that, <laughs> we can now concentrate on other things like celebrating Black History Month in February 2019. So many fantastic individuals that it would take many shows to talk about all of the great and marvelous contributions from black Americans. So with the you know, the time that I have for my program, I'm going to do my best to include as many as possible along with my guests, especially those that I think you may not know about. Now, last year, I dedicated my broadcast in the month of February to talk about black Americans past and present. Now, this year, it will be the same, but with a mix of current hot topics, along with honoring those who contributed and still are contributing to not only strengthening black culture, but to our society as a whole. Because you have to remember, listeners, that, you know, those, um, you know, that we are honoring this month, you know, their inventions, you know, for example, did not only just help black Americans, but all people and vice versa. As people of other nationalities invented and are inventing things, that helped and is helping society as a whole. This is why prejudiceness is ridiculous. It is just really ridiculous. Now, celebrating Black History Month is not only a, re, uh, you know, a remembrance time, but an educational time as well. There is a lot to learn from all of those great individuals who came before us and those who 
are with us today. Okay. And, um, you know, these are great individuals, listeners, who, you know, um, came before us and those who are with us today, great individuals, you know, individuals in the past that we are standing on their shoulders. They made crooked places straight and open closed doors and or new doors of opportunities for black um, individuals who were being prejudiced against, treated inhumanely simply and primarily because of their skin color. As I stated previously, these individuals, listeners, who we are celebrating this month, we are recognizing them as they were fighting and many who lost their lives in this struggle as they were maintaining their stance for obtaining impartiality for black people in this great country. Now, the United States of America you know, is a great country. Let's not, you know, that's that's not going to be now denounced. However, there is the thing that this country needs to treat people across the board, but particularly black people with respect, civility, dignity, equality and fairness and to be given the chance of an opal, you know, an equal opportunity. Let the let the playing field be equal, you know, to live a life you know, with the same ambiance, vigor, open doors, you know, as their white counterpart. I don't think that's too much to ask for. So my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, and I are going to mix it up with conversations, listeners, today about black history and current events as well. We will be talking about current events. Wasn't going to get past that. So sit in your comfy chair if you are at home or if you are driving uh, as you are listening to me, please be safe. And please remember that if you do not catch my show for a live broadcast, remember that my shows are archived so you can listen to my shows whenever and wherever it is good for you. My guests will be joining me, joining me momentarily. But let's get started with our dinner table conversation, which is black history. Did you know and do you talk about it? Okay, as I'm gathering information for my broadcast today, you know, I'm I'm excited as always to be talking to you, my listeners, but particularly because it is Black History Month. You know, so as I was listening to one of the recordings of The View this week on, on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, Whoopi Goldberg was talking about celebrating Black history, and she talked about two children that I thought were absolute fantastic. I didn't know about these two children, so but I know about them now. And if you didn't know about them, you're going to know about them now. Now, the first person she spoke about was an eight-year-old girl. She's a second grade whose name is Amoy Antoinette. She resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, this young lady um, um, teaches people on college-level neuroscience topics. Now, she plans on becoming a neurosurgeon when she becomes older. She has a lab in her bedroom, listeners, okay? Now, you can check her out on YouTube, Instagram, and DailyMail.com did a fabulous article about her and her parents uh, back in December 2017 by Olivia Elkart, and it was titled, The Seven-Year-Old Professor, Brainy Grader, Brainy Second Grader Schools, Internet Users on College-Level Neuroscience with Brilliant Videos Recorded in a Lab in her bedroom. Now, the second individual that I want to talk about for this segment is a seven-year-old boy whose name is Nicholas Buama. He also hails from Atlanta, Georgia. Now, get this. According to Amazon.com, Nicholas prides himself on being an honor roll student and plans on becoming a mechanical engineer when he gets older. He wants to accomplish this by attending the prestigious MIT 
Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He has been accepted into the Library of Congress. He has a book out titled Kayla and Kyle, The Walking Dictionaries. Volume two of this book will hit the shelves, um, guys, this summer. So listeners, during the month of celebrating black history, my questions and suggestions for your dinner table conversation are few and simple, and they are all related to awareness and education. For example, during this time of the year, do you discuss black Americans who were extremely contributing to society in general with, you know, starting with Dr. King all the way through to President Barack Obama with your children so that they will know that history for this country is in particular is much more than Abraham Lincoln and George Washington? Will you tell them about the two children that I spoke of and their accomplishments and ask what do they think of them? Or perhaps they or you have heard about them. And that's even better. Ask them, do they discuss black history in school? Do they think black history should be integrated with their overall history studies? And if so, why? Now, as always, if this is not a topic of choice for your dinner table conversation, which I feel that it is an excellent topic, as all of my other topics are, just know that you can pick one of your own. As you know, the premise of the dinner table conversation is to get all the family together as much as possible, get them out of their dinner in the bags to the dinner on the table and sit down collectively as a family and discuss and talk. You'd be surprised at the things that you will learn and the things that can be suggested for the family to even grow stronger in their bond. Okay. I am bringing on my guest. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. And I appreciate um, him joining us today um, for this um, fabulous Black History Month. Thank you, Reginald, for being here today. Well, it's good being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Now, you know, Reginald, I'm excited to be talking today. You know, as always, to my guests, you know, my listeners, as this is Black History and Hot Topics for the show. So now let's start with Black History. Now, why is it important to discuss black history? You know, well, let, let me start first by saying who created black history. All right. According to Wikipedia, the precursor to Black History Month was created in 1926 in the United States when historian Carter G. Woodson and the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History announced the second week of February to be Negro History Week. A little history about Carter G. Woodson, um, you can find this on biography.com, states the following. He was known as the father of black history. Woodson dedicated his career to the field of African-American history and lobbied extensively to establish Black History Month as a nationwide institution. Now, I feel in general, Reginald, that individuals need to know the truth about our history, you know, in this country, and that it is not just about the accomplishments of white people. It is and should be about the accomplishments of Americans who are, you know, of Latina, Irish, Polish, and French descent, and last but not least, the natives who were here before all inhabitants. However, since segregation is unfortunately still a big part of this nation, I feel that we should accomplish, you know, we should acknowledge dutifully those who have come before us and those who are with us today who continue to fight for justice and equality. Your take on this, Reginald? 
Well, I think uh, black history is not just black history, but it's world history. Mm-hmm. And But uh, Mr. Woodson, uh, Carter Woodson, wanted the people in the world to know of the accomplishments of, of black America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started out as a week, and then uh, it was turned to a month uh, in 1974 by, by President um, Gerald Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. why, why it's important is because people need to know that uh, when they turn on their air conditioner, uh, and we appreciate air conditioning in summer here in Arizona, that that was invented by a black person. That's when you mm-hmm. open the refrigerator and put your food in that was invented by a black person. If, if you love a convertible car and would push the button for the motor to pull down your convertible top of your car, of your uh, a car, that was invented by a, a black American. Um, uh, it was a black American who invented uh, the World War II, how to have the, the, the shorter wings, the folding wings on aircraft carriers, which made it, uh, important to, and, and it was uh, instrumental in the Battle of, of Midway against the Japanese, which allowed the Americans uh, to put more planes on aircraft carriers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I can go on and on and on and, and on. Uh, you know, so that's why it's important for uh, everyone to know of the accomplishments of, of black Americans, that it's not just, uh, you know, some frivolous things. Uh, it's not just the accomplishments of, of black Americans in sports, which is very important, but it's other accomplishments that not only affected black Americans, but affect Americans and affected and continue to affect the world. Exactly. Very well said. Now, you know, because, you know, let history tell it, um, Reginald, you know, blacks were just slaves, you know, that they all were descendants of slaves, you know, and this is why they, in in my in 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 my um um in in my uh, opinion, this is why they came up with calling them you know black you know because it's supposed to have been the lesser of white. They called themselves white, and then okay, then they they want to call you know these individuals blacks. And as I said before, that they were just slaves. You know, they came over here you know to work hard, toil the land, and and wait on us. You know. Which you know that wait on white people, you know this is this is, I'm speaking from you know like as an imaginary white person right there at that second, but you know that is not the truth. Um, during even though when they were captured um, at, as slaves, they still had the godliness in them of being greater, you know, and doing something greater in life, not just toiling somebody's land, um, waiting on them, cooking for them, cleaning their house, suckling their babies. And all of that, you know, and this, you know, and that, you know, they were to be looked at like they were uneducated, which you and I know and, and everybody else out there knows that um, they, you know, white people made certain that black people could not read or write because they wanted to keep them um, um, in this in this little um, stump, you know, you know, so, so that they couldn't, you know, educate themselves or. Or, or anything like that. So, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, justice and equality still needs to be, um, uh, worked on in this country greatly. There's still the level playing field still is not level. It is not equal. Um, they're not treated with dignity and, and particularly, um, uh, particularly, um, you know, uh, 
you know, nowadays with the, this person in the White House that slaves built, <laughs> you know, it's, it's gotten worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, it's it's important. Uh, you were you just talking about how slaves were not uh, allowed to read and write, and, it, and and that just shows the power of education, and mm-hmm. it shows the power of non-education. It shows mm-hmm. that you know the fear of someone who did not. That, that just shows how someone, if they keep you uneducated and keep you in the dark that mm-hmm. they can keep you at this certain place of control, of not only physical, but mental control. And that's the power mm-hmm. of education, that, you know, once you're mm-hmm. enlightened to things, once exactly. you see something different, you know, now it's like, well, wait a minute, what else can I see? What else can I do? What else do I want to do? And and it mm-hmm. broadens your horizons. It broadens the horizons of, of those who are close to you your children, your nieces, nephews, your, your, your neighbors. So, again, it shows mm-hmm. the power of education and the importance of education and the mm-hmm. steps that people like Thurgood Marshall took, uh, mm-hmm. the steps like the people who integrated schools in Little Rock, people who mm-hmm. integrated schools at the University of, of, of Alabama, of Ole Miss, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now... So many of these schools who once did not allow black people and did want black students in their schools now shows how those schools have flourished, not only sports-wise, but education-wise. So education is so, so important. Excuse me. Yes, it is. And seeing this is something that they didn't want, um, you know, white people did not want black people uh, to do uh, is, you know, to become educated. And unfortunately, um, Reginald, some of that is still existing today. You know, you know, you have to realize that, you know, um, slavery was abolished. It hasn't been like 200 years ago. It's very recent, like 165 years ago. So, you know, it, there, there, there's still, there's still a lot of, you know, still wanting to hold on to that old, you know, type of thinking and, and things like that and see how many people we can pass that on to, um, you know, as we're, you know, as, as, you know, life is, is going on. Let me see how we can keep passing this down. So, um, you know, history.com has listed some of the fantastic individuals, Reginald, who are part of Black History Month celebration. And I just want to talk about a couple, a couple of them. First of all, John Mercer Langston. Now, we're talking about education. He was the first black man to become a lawyer when he passed the bar in Ohio in 1854, okay? When he was elected to the post of town clerk for Brownhelm, Ohio in 1855, Langston became one of the first African-Americans ever elected to public office in America. John Mercer Langston was also the great uncle of Langston Hughes, famed poet of the Harlem Renaissance. See how that, how that, you know, it, it passes on, you know, it's okay. My, you know, my great uncle, you know, was, was this. And so, okay, that, that, that's inspiration. You understand what I'm saying? So then let's go on to Shirley Chisholm. She was the first African American woman elected to the House of Representatives. She was elected in 1968 and represented the state of New York. She broke ground again four years later in 1972 when she was the first major party African-American candidate. 
and the first female candidate for president of the United States. Then in space in 1992, Dr. Mae Jemison became the first African-American woman to go into space aboard the space shuttle Endeavor. During her eight-day mission, she worked with U.S. and Japanese researchers and was a co-investigator on a bone cell experiment in space. Then fast-forwarding to 2009, President Barack Obama was the first African-American president in U.S. history. He occupied the White House for two consecutive terms, serving on 2009 to 2017. And as I had said, um, you know, moments uh, before Reginald, standing on the shoulders of others. So I'm thinking that there are other shoulders that um, President Obama stood on, but he most definitely stood on Shirley Chisholm's uh, shoulders. Your comments? Well, not only Shirley Chisholm, but uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, who, who ran in in, uh, in in the 1980s, and and on and on. And it goes back to what I was saying about uh, you know the power of education, the power of, of uh, enlightenment, uh, how you can pass those things on to, to others to uh, inspire others. And it actually made Jenison, uh, speaking of her, she was um, uh, a Chicagoan. And uh, I remember her uh, when I was working at the community college at, at that time. Uh, she came, and I, I was unfortunately not able to uh, uh, see her or hear her speech, but she did speak at the, at the community college that I was working at at that time. So it goes on and on to the greatness and the power of uh, black Americans. Um, the women, the mathematicians, uh, black women who were instrumental uh, during the Apollo mission that ended up uh, landing the first men on the moon. And these women were uh, succumbed to, uh, I'm sorry, these women were uh, faced with, with racism and, you know, where they couldn't sleep at certain places. They couldn't have their offices certain places and all of this. Some people didn't want them there. But if not for them, the Americans wouldn't have landed on the moon. So exactly. they did not allow some of the things that uh, they faced identify them. They did not allow those things to stop them from their from their not only personal mission but their uh, job mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as I as I say oftentimes on my program, Rachel, education is definitely the key, and you know, and you know, and um. White people know this, and this is their, you know, this is this, you know, this was their driver to make sure that slaves and descendants of, you know, and even coming up today, you know, are held back on certain things, you know, because um, they know the the here's here's the whole thing. We're all created from one source, okay? But they wanted to brainwash them and tell them that they weren't a complete human being. They did all of their best to reference reference them, you know, as as an animal and anything in hopes that they could tear down their embodiment, their mind, their psyche into knowing that they were less than so that they could keep them the way they wanted to keep them. But as you see, that did not work. Now, on PBS.org, it states that before Rosa Parks, there was a 15-year-old girl named Claudette Colvin. Now, it was March 2nd, 1955, when the 15-year-old schoolgirl refused to move to the back of the bus. Nine months before Rosa Parks stand, 
took her stand that launched the Montgomery boy, um, the Montgomery bus boycott. Claudette had been studying black leaders like Harriet Tubman in her segregated school. Those con- conversations had led to discussions around the current day Jim Crow laws that were they were all experiencing. Now, when the bus driver ordered Claudette to get up, she refused. She said that it felt like Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down and Harriet Tubman was on the other side, you know, pushing me down. She said I couldn't. She said I couldn't get out. You know, I could not get up. You know, there's no way. This is why I'm saying, once again, education is a beautiful thing. Here's something else that was fabulous, Reginald. Check this, you know, check this out about inoculation. And it was introduced by an American slave. Now, did you guys out, you know, listening to me, did you guys know this? Now, this report states in part, part, it's also from PBS.org. Few details are known about the birth of Onesimus. But it is assumed he was born in Africa in the late 17th century before eventually landing in Boston. Now, one of the thousand people of African descent living in the Massachusetts colony, Onesimus was a gift to the Puritan church minister, Cotton Mather, from his congregation in 1706. He was a gift. Onesimus told Mather about the centuries old tradition of inoculation practiced in Africa. By extracting the material from an infected person and scratching it into the skin of an uninfected person, you could deliberately introduce smallpox to the healthy individual, making them immune to the disease. Now, considered this was considered extremely dangerous at the time. You know, Cotton Mather, the report says, convinced Dr. Zabdiel Boyston to experiment with this theory. With the procedure, um, you know, when a smallpox epidemic hit Boston in 1721 and over 240 people were inoculated. Now, I think this is, is absolutely fabulous. And this is why I know that you know of this. I know of this. It's very interesting, very relevant. But a lot of our you know, listeners may not know about this. Your comments, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And. Uh, fast forward today when you get your flu shot and you know I get a flu shot every every year this is the result of of what this young man what this magnificent person has has done so it goes back to what I was saying it's not just black history month but it's world history the things that mm-hmm. have affected on the positive end of uh, people all throughout the world and Speaking of, uh, of that, also the blood bank that we, or how we store blood, uh, that was invented by Black American as well. So, you know, we can we can go on and on, and, and, and it's important yeah. that that young Black people know of the accomplishments. But it's also important that all children, all people, know of the accomplishments of Black Americans. Oh, yeah. And it's very important. This is what I was stating in my dinner table conversation. And I know that um, this has been discussed on my previous shows before that it's important to teach all history. And that's why I said that history is not just Abraham Lincoln and George Washington as they want to teach it, you know, and and that also these inventions that were invented and still are being invented are not just for the community of black people. It's for the community of all people. Okay, you know, with the inoculation procedure, we're using that today. You know, with the blood banks, we're using that today. 
with the broom that was invented, something very simplistic, but hey, we're using that today. Um, the, the air conditioner, we're using that today. I mean, you know, so it's just so many things that, you know, uh, that are being useful and it, and it helps the, it helps the, um, society a- across the board. You know, that's what I'm saying. But here's the thing though, Reginald, as you know, unfortunately, because segregation is still very much alive and well in this country. This is why we have to have these separate acknowledgments, you know. I mean, it is right. it, it goes on even to, you know, the academy, you know, the awards for movies and things, you know, like Spike Lee is just now getting recognition for the work that he has been doing for long, long periods of time, creating fabulous movies and things like that, you know, so. You know, that, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is why we have to do these things. What did your comment, Reginald? Yeah. And if I can uh, go on a couple other things, uh, the yeah. elevator, elevator was invented by a black American. The dustpan, mm-hmm. so when you sweep the broom and onto the, onto the dustpan, that was invented by a black American. Uh, when you prop the door open, the little thing that you, or piece of wood or whatever that you keep a door propped open, that was invented by a black American. So, you know, we can go from mm-hmm. the simplistic things like or also the mop, where you mop your floor. That was invented by a black American. So we can go from something mm-hmm. as sophisticated as the elevator to something that props the door open, that keeps the door open, where you can bring your groceries in. You know, again, it just shows the amount of, of contribution that black Americans have had to this country and to the world. And continue to do it. And Reginald, also, you know, it is not just about uh, white people and their children, but it is also black people and their children who also need to be educated on the fabulous contributions of black America. What I find is that when, as I'm discussing things with individuals, and they can be, you know, very young to baby boomers, they do Mm -hmm. not know of the great accomplishments that have been made by, you know, um, you know, these, you know, people of color. And it, you know, and I'm like, I'm like astounded sometimes by it. You know what I'm saying? So this all, this all encompasses with a lack of education. And how they're educating children in schools definitely needs to be changed. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, you know, but, you know, this is why I'm saying that it's important that people know. It's important that, that people know these things and they, and it needs to be taught, you know, and it's time out for all of this segregation stuff. Oh, we're just going to, you know, Washington cross the Delta and all that kind of, you know, whatever. Columbus, he, how is he going to discover something and people live here? That, that's real dumb. You know, so, so anyway, you know, the, the, these are the things that I'm, that I'm talking about. Your, your comment, Reginald? Well, I just stopped at a stoplight, uh, which was invented by a black American. <laughs> I put by, I put a letter in the mailbox the other day and that mailbox was invented by a black American. Sometimes we use stop sign. That we uh, the stop sign. Sometimes we use walkie-talkies to, you know, communicate from one building to the other at, at work, and that was invented mm-hmm. by, by a black American. Uh, mm-hmm. The first person killed in the Revolutionary War, Christmas Attic, was a black American, a former slave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the list goes on and on, and, and I agree with you that there are some people 
baby boomers and younger black Americans who were born in the 90s, the, the 80s, and the, the 70s, and, and, and who have no idea, who have absolutely no idea of the accomplishment of black Americans, which is a miseducation to them. And it's a miseducation exactly. to society to not teach these things in our school. So, exactly. You know, it's not just your your uh, keeping it from uh, uh, one segment. You're keeping it from all segments because we're all connected. Well, one mm-hmm. thing affects one person it affects everybody. You know, sometimes if you get if a, if a little girl gets get, uh, catches a cold in her house, and you know you have three children, you know, so your little sister catches a cold. The next thing you know, her brother has the cold. Then then the other brother has the cold. Now my brother's got it. I gave him the chicken pot. So, you know, things are, are, we're just so connected. Then on the other hand, you know, if a, your little sister learns something, then she shows your, shows her brother. She knows how to tie her shoes, so she teaches her brother how to tie his shoes. So we're all connected from the most sophisticated thing to something as simple as teaching your little brother how to tie his shoes. Yeah, well, you know, uh, see, you know, for you know, for for me, what I'm what I'm saying, when I'm talking about connectivity as as human beings, is that we all come from one source, and that um um you know when we came here to you know to be on Earth, is that uh, God gave us and whispered in our ear things that we were supposed to do, and once we you know the the thing is that to keep ourselves alive and awake, so that we should know what our purpose is. Everyone, as I have said before, everyone and everything has a purpose here on this earth. Nobody is junk. Nobody is junk. God does not, did not, and does not create junk. Everything that he created was for good. Now, the junk power comes in when the human being decides that they're going to take a different route. And then, so therefore, then they become something that's less than I'm not even going to refer to them as junk when they go off, you know, the, the, you know, the path that they're supposed to be on. They're lost individuals and they, you know, some of them can find their way back and some of them, and some of them can't, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a struggle, you know, um, just, just doing this. But as I said before, it's very important that, that, um, everybody across the board know about, uh, Black History Month. And here's another good thing, Reginald. Now, uh, one in one in four cowboys uh, was black, despite the stories uh, told in popular books and movies. So now it says, let's be clear. I knew that there were black, uh, you know, cowboys, but not this story. So it goes in part like this, Reginald. It says, in fact, it is believed that the real Lone Ranger was inspired by an African man uh, named Bass Reeves. Reeves had been born in, uh, he had been born a slave, but escaped west during the Civil War, where he lived in what was then known as Indian Territory. He eventually became a deputy U.S. marshal, was a master of disguise, an expert marksman, had a Native American companion, and rode a silver horse. His story was not unique, however. In the 19th century, the Wild West drew enslaved blacks with the hope of freedom and wages. When the Civil War ended, freedmen came west with the hope of a better life where he demanded for he demand for skilled labor was high. 
So the African-Americans made up at least a quarter of the legendary Cowboys listeners who lived dangerous lives facing weather, rattlesnakes, and outlaws while they slept under the stars driving cattle herds to market. Also, it is believed that the term cowboy, now listen to what I'm saying, it is believed that the term cowboy originated as a derogatory term used to describe black cow ha- black cow hands. Yep. And my comment is that I can see that. Now this is a great read also from pbs.org slash black dash culture listeners. Should you be interested to go and read other stories? Cause there are a few of them, um, that are, that are fantastic. So your comments on that, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, that, that term was, you know, used as something derogatory for, for the black men who worked with the cattle. Uh, and then there's also the Buffalo Cowboys. Buffalo Cowboys were, were, were I'm sorry, Buffalo Soldiers were all black, uh, men who, uh, you know, who hunted buffalo and, you know, things like that, you know, herding cows, you know, from one end to the state or the country to the other. You know, so they were known as, as the Buffalo Cowboys. So, uh, you know, again, uh, more education and, um, uh, you know, how it's important for our young people and older people who, unfortunately, a lot of people from baby boomers on down and up do not know of the richness of the history of black America. So, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really happy that this conversation is being had today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm getting a lot of, uh, no, I'm getting a lot of noise back there. I don't know, um, uh, what that is, uh, Reginald. Um, but, but anyway, now that concludes our, um, uh, a contribution to honoring, uh, black Americans, uh, but it continues. And as I said, um, I will be on, um, um, I, I will be on, um, next, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks and then we are also going to talk about you know, more um, of of these, um, you know, fabulous black Americans that have contributed and still are contributing. And as you can uh, tell, like the two young people, the seven-year-old uh, young man and the eight-year-old uh, young lady that I talked about um, uh, in the very beginning of, of this discussion. So, you know, just go out there, you know, and, and take a, take a time to, um, you know, review and, and go online and look and, and, and see, you'll be amazed by the things that, um, these individuals have accomplished and what these individuals are still accomplishing. And I would like to say that I am definitely one of those people that are in the mix of still accomplishing as a person of color. Okay, so now, Reginald, let's talk about some current events, hot topics in this country. Are you ready? (laughs) Now, the State of the Union was on this week, and I'm telling you all out there now that I did not, I repeat, I did not listen to it. I couldn't. I got a great deal of information coming through on my phone and videos as well that gave me enough information, and I did listen to... um, uh, I did listen to, um, you know, uh, things that, uh, um, you know, about, um, uh, the state of the union and, and, you know, and, and as of course, you know, um, he meaning, you know, the person in the White House that slaves built, I, I believe that we, we have lost Reginald, um, 
I think he he's coming he's coming back on. That was probably due to the noise uh in the in the background there. But yay, he's back. Fantastic. I'm back. I'm back. Hello. Hello. Now listen, I was saying, um, you know, let's talk about some current events and hot topics in this country and um and um I was asking you, are you ready? And then that's when you drop, but you're back. So what I said to my listeners was that the State of the Union was on this weekend. I, I told them that I did not listen to it. I could not listen to it. That I got a great deal of the information coming through my phone and uh, my iPad and uh, my desktop and and videos as well to give me a more than a great just. And then plus listening to the news commentators and and things of you know that that happened. So I'm, I'm. It's not that I don't know. I just could not sit there and listen to him. So. Reginald, did you listen to the State of the Union, and do you think that the State of the Union is strong, as this person in the White House said, that slaves built? Well, number one, I did not listen. Um, I couldn't bring myself to, to, to watch or, or listen. I tried to watch at the beginning, and I just couldn't. I, I, I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah. As I was watching YouTube this morning, Representative Al Green, a black representative from uh, from Texas, um, he has been boycotting uh, Trump's State of the Union uh, since since the beginning. Um, so no, I didn't watch it. Um, uh, most of the information that I that I have, I got uh, received from Roland Martin. Um, uh, you know, people people of, of that of that statue. Um, now, how, what is the state of the union, of our union? Uh, the state of our union economically is strong, and that's because of Barack Obama. Thank you. The, the numbers, the job numbers that he wants to tout are because of Barack Obama. Thank you. He wants to talk about how low the unemployment rate is for black Americans, Latino Americans, and Asian Americans, that's because of Barack Obama. Yep. I would like to know, I would like for a reporter to ask Trump, give me one thing that you have implemented, one law that you have helped pass that enabled these job numbers, that enabled the job numbers for black Americans, Latino Americans, and Asian Americans? And Mm -hmm. I can answer that. Zero. None. He has implemented nothing. Exactly. You know, know, that's like like standing, you know, how how in in the Midwest and other places, you know, you can stand and wait for the train or the L train or whatever, you know. And that's like waiting for the L train, and you get on the L train to take you downtown or wherever, and you want to take credit. For the L train, you want to take credit for the train standing on, staying on track, getting you there on time when all you did was step on the train. So that's all he did exactly. was step on. This is Barack Obama's economic train, not his, and not, and not his. any and Republican. Exactly. And the thing is, is that when Barack Obama came in, for all of you all who remember, and, you know, we want to tell the truth about it because I am a person of telling truth that this economy was free-falling fast and furious, okay, after the Bush administration had exited. Barack Obama got in there and saved the the car industry um, and other industries, invigorated uh, other um, other industries, businesses, 
and, and things of that nature. And these individuals are still following, as Reginald just stated, and that I say all the time, they're still following the game plan of Barack Obama because it fucking works. It works, listeners. It works. And, and I, and this is something that we, we talk in our private, uh, uh, with Reginald and, uh, my husband and others is that why is it that the media do not ask him certain questions? Something that he, you know, just like what, um, uh, Reginald just said, name me, name me four. I would like to know four things that you did to invigorate this economy that you are now boasting of these numbers. I will, I would like to know that. What is it that you have done to invigorate this economy? And then not only that, let's also talk about the children that are still without their mm-hmm. parents. They don't even know where their parents mm-hmm. are. The parents don't even know where their children are. They don't know that, you know, nobody knows nothing. There are babies, listeners. There are babies that are being reported that are 17 and 18 months old that are that are parentless. This is this is off the chain. Nobody asking. He stands up there and he's talking about how great and this and and that and what he's done and and so forth. And that is going to hurt our economy if they keep investigating. No, it's going to help this nation rid itself of bullies and bad guys. That's all I'm saying about that, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? Right. It will. I mean, and the nerve of standing up there saying how it will hurt the economy if we continue the investigation on what he did, how he conspired with an enemy of the United States of America. Okay. Are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. You're a traitor. One hundred percent. You're a traitor. Your sons are traitors. Your daughter is a traitor. Pence, mm-hmm. you're a traitor. Your administration, you're a traitor. Um, you know, just, just go on and on and on. Um, McConnell, you're a traitor. Okay? Ryan, so Ryan. Getting with Ryan, you're a traitor. You conspired yep. with an enemy of the United States of America. Are you kidding me? How is that going to hurt our economy? No, it's going to help us by getting rid of you and your sidekick and all the minions that are behind you that can continue to follow and lap you. That's exactly. what it's going to do. Get rid of you. You need to go. go. And it can't exactly. be soon enough. Exactly. And, uh, and I and I double, double agree with that. Okay. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, you know, that he just keeps talking about the investigation because he's scared. Now, I did hear before coming, you know, getting ready to air on this show, and I didn't hear all of it. But, you know, the investigation is moving fast. And I had said that February was going to be a month where, you know, a lot of, you know, you think that these other indictments have been happening. No, a lot of things are going to be happening that's going to, you know, make your teeth drop. You know what I'm saying? With the indictments and the arrest that I feel that that are coming. And I think that it's going to be February, you know, that that these that this is going to happen, because um, this is why he's doing all of this grandstanding and everything, Reginald, because, you know, he he he, he wants to turn 
you know, turn the attention away from what's going on in his administration and his party. Now, let's, for example, let's let's even, you know, very quickly, because I have a few other things on to talk very quickly with all of this going on with the Democrats in, in Virginia. I mean, OK, so now, you know, politics is a dirty game. Anybody knows that it's, it's a dirty game. So now, you know, that these are the Republicans that are, you know, digging up this dirt. So that, you know, it could take take the thing, you know, the attention off of Jerry Kushner, his wife, you know, Ivanka. And like you named all these other people as well, his two sons, you know, so, OK, we can get the, the you know, the thing off of us. And let's look at what the Democrats are doing, you know. So, I mean, do I do I like that what's happening? No, I most certainly do not. Do these people need to be brought to justice? You, they, Yes, they absolutely do need to be brought to justice. If they are, if they are, uh, they're, they're no different than anybody else that, that I'm talking about. You know, if, if they've done these things, if they, um, uh, did all of this, this crap that they're reporting, then yeah, bring them to justice. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Right. And, and the, uh, governor says, first he says that he denied it was him. And then he says, oh, 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 it was me. And, you know, he said, well, 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 listen, I have changed, I have learned, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I totally do feel that people can change and people can change their ways and learn and have an epiphany of saying, you know what? I used to do something like that or feel that way, but now I'm different. So hallelujah mm-hmm. if he has changed. Hallelujah. If, if he feels different, but you still need to go. You still exactly. need to go. Period. Exactly. Exactly. And I hope you have changed. Yeah. I hope you do not, you know, believe what you believe or you're dressing up in blackface and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, let's hope that you have changed, brother, because we all should change. When we know better, we do better. And I hope in yep. his soul that he knows better and he does better but still you need to go. Yep. And any and all of them uh, that are associated with what he did and or they did these other um, acts that they, you know, these criminal acts, then yes, they, they do. They need to go. I mean, the, um, the gentleman, he uh, had, had um, owned slaves and everything. And he wrote that um, uh, beautiful song uh, out, you know, he resurrected himself. He, he saw, that that he was wrong and and things like that and I'm and I'm glad that he did. I'm I'm glad that he did, you know, so but still that you know, you just need to go. That I just wanted to say that. All right. Now, what did you think about the women wearing all white original and the messages that they were sending? Do you think the person in the White House received any of what they were saying to him? <laughs> no, it, it it went completely over his head. You know, you know because he he's talking about well all of the women who have, you know, who are now in Congress, blah, blah, blah. They're in Congress because they ran against people who agreed with you to get them out of there and to make changes. But he exactly. wants to, I mean, he, that shows how narcissistic this dude <laughs> is, that he wants to take credit for their presence. No, they're mm-hmm. there to stop you. They're there to do investigations against you, like your uh, your tax returns, okay? Hello. So Adam Hello. is starting that, you know, so so they're not there because of you, knucklehead. It's- they're there <laughs> to fight against what who you are and what you stand for. 
He is so silly. Okay, first of all, you know, um, you got these this sea of people that that's out there, you know, and they're women and they're primarily democratic. Duh. What what is he thinking? They're not there to support your butt. You know, and he and, and as you said, he wants to take credit. He needs to he needs to slow down and what wait, what am I taking credit for? Am I supposed to walk the plank on a blindfold and, and fall in a uh you know, sea of crocodiles? You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know. You need to you need to um slow your roll on that, okay? And find out first what you're taking credit for. All right. Now, criminal justice reform. He you know, he hit a little bit on that. I, as I said, I heard, you know, the, the, whatever I needed to hear. Now, the lady that, uh, was recently released from prison, Alice Johnson, uh, she was sentenced to life in prison as a first time nonviolent drug offender, and she was there. Here's my thing, Reginald. Kim Kardashian championed her release. All right. And of course, as you're saying, his narcissistic behavior, um, feels that, okay, he's the one who was the end all be all of it. What he did is that when, when Kim Kardashian came to the White House, to plead her case and for him and for him to help her because she had at that point exhausted all of her resources and means to get this lady out of prison. He, he did this one thing. Okay. And so they had the camera on, on, um, on Alice Johnson and, um, and, and, um, and, and all of this. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying original. What do you think about all of that? Well, all of that for him was, it's just a dog and pony show. You know, if if, yeah. if he can, uh, you know, take credit for anything, he's going to do it. If if mm-hmm. you know, if if he can take credit for you putting out mice in 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 your field of corn and you're catching mice that's eating your corn, he'll take credit for that. You know, so mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter as long as it's a photo op and and he can say that he did this, he'll do it. So it's just a dog and pony show for him. I don't give him credit for nothing. Exactly. Neither am I. Now, the National Conference on State Legislation, I got about two minutes remaining, pointed out again that the United States prison population has reached 2.2 million people and has increased 500% over the past 40 years without a corresponding increase in crime. Okay? Did you hear what I said, listeners? The United States incarcerates more people per capita than any other nation. Nearly two-thirds of inmates in America's jails are awaiting trial. Deliberations about criminal justice reform are gaining momentum in Congress in 2018, such as people like Kim Kardashian and other people who, you know, work as restorative justice. As state actions over the last decade have lowered prison populations and stabilized corrections budgets, Congress is considering where on the federal level is feasible to follow suit so original uh you got about um 30 seconds can you comment on what i just said you know it's 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 a shame that yeah we incarcerate more people than the population of some small cities and Mm -hmm. uh for non-violent uh crimes you know non-violent drug you know possession of, of of two marijuana cigarettes should not be uh, you know, you end up in, in jail for five or ten years for you know two or three uh, marijuana cigarettes. You know, what I mean, like, come on, this is this is totally ridiculous. So, yeah. uh, but but it's a money maker. You know, it's okay. it's a money maker, and and you know, corporations and other companies are, are you know want to get in on it, and that's what's happening. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, privatized. You know, when they say privatized, yeah. you know what that means. You know what that yeah. means, you know. All right. I have run out of time. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a great um, discussion um, that I have with my guest, the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. Now, we will be returning again two weeks from today to continue our discussion on black um um, um, you know, Black America history as we're still going to be honoring those past and present as well as current events. So I'm asking you out there, ladies and gentlemen, to open up your hearts and minds and, and do some research and, and check out the great American, uh, Black American accomplishments if you haven't done so already. And if you haven't done so already, engage your children. Um, about it too. It's, it's, it's a fabulous thing. So I'm asking you to be safe out there. And I'm asking you to be kind to yourself because that's where it starts and then be kind to others. This is Teresa E. Keys. Go and make it a fabulous day.